1: Welcome back to another episode of Betch's Brides. I'm your host, Fallon Carter, and I want to introduce you to Caitlin Carpenter, an actual Betch's Bride fan who is actively planning their wedding. It's my goal to help guide them through the process with practical tips and expert insights. Caitlin, how are you? I am so excited. I am great. I have
2: loved <laughs> this podcast for a very long time, uh, so I could not be happier to be here.
1: Well, we are very excited to have you. Um, And tell us a little bit more about you and Frankie's love story. Yeah, so Frankie and I have been together for 10 years,
2: Uh, Which I know when a lot of people hear that they're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, why are you not married yet? Um, And to be honest, I did not want to get married (laughs) until about a year ago. And no, I shouldn't say I didn't want to get married. I didn't want to get married yet. I just felt too young to be honest. Like, we started dating when we were eighteen, and to be like, we are different people than what we were when we were eighteen. So I'm glad we decided to wait. But ultimately, you know, we've started building a life together, and now I'm at a point where we kind of looked at each other a year ago, and we're like, "Oh, we're." We, we could plan a wedding. We could pay for a wedding, a small wedding, um, but we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, now we're just at a place in our lives where we're ready to take that next step and we're excited about it. And I don't feel too young anymore,
1: unfortunately. <laughs> well, that's lovely. And I'm glad everything in its due time, as I like to say. So the timing was right. You guys have made this decision. Tell us a little bit more about what you guys are planning. So we
2: are going to do a small wedding in Austin, Texas. And we're expecting 30 to 40 people. And it's basically a destination wedding for all of our guests because no one lives in Austin. And we did do that intentionally, um, partly because it's small. Not everyone's going to be invited. So, you know, only the people we're closest to are going to expect to travel. So and we wanted a location that would be really great for a long weekend, have a lot of things to do and great weather in the fall. So that all of that Hmm. landed on Austin.
1: Awesome. Are you guys planning any excursions or activities for your guests or?
2: We do want to do a welcome party the night before. And I actually just realized two weeks ago that our welcome party is on Halloween. I did not do that on (gasps) purpose. (laughs) So definitely going to have people (laughs) dress up, I think. Um, I think hopefully it will add like a fun element to it. Uh, But that's the only formal thing I kind of want planned other than the wedding day. I want to be able to give guests... um, Saturday. So actually our wedding ceremony is Friday. So I want to give them Saturday to, you know, go and explore the city as they please.
1: I love that. And I think I've mentioned that many a times before. It's as a traveler, I love when people are just give me my weekends free. So I think you're right on top of it. That that's a lovely plan. And I think Halloween's just adding a little bit more festivity to the thing. So that's fun. <laughs> um tell me a little bit more about how many guests you guys are expecting.
2: Uh so target is 30
1: to 40. All right, perfect. So talk to me about your intention. So when you guys settled in, you were like, was it always gonna be 30-40? Were you anticipating more at some point? Or were you like, we wanna keep this small specifically?
2: So I think when we started thinking about the wedding, we knew we didn't want traditional. And I, we definitely thought about eloping. It was on the table for a minute. And I think the benefits of eloping are, you know, you could go somewhere that's really beautiful, get amazing photos but I really wanted to be able to create a memory with the people I'm close to And I actually attended a couple of friends' weddings um, in the last few years, and I loved their rehearsal dinners. So I loved that like small knit group of people and really amazing food, really great drinks. I just thought it created this like relaxed atmosphere that I loved. So fancy dinner party is what we landed on, and then we kind of put our guest list together on like the must-have people, and that's how we hit the 30 to 40.
1: Oh, that's – I love a fancy dinner party. That is my aesthetic. Like this is – you're having a very good wedding, I must say, as someone who loves a 75 guest or less moment. out That's a destination still. Great weekend vibes. Well done. You're already getting my claps here. But let's talk about timeline because you you still got over a year. When is your wedding?
2: Yeah. So our wedding is November 1st of next year. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny is I actually just started <laughs> I've been planning for a year already because I started planning when we talked about engagement. So I'm like, Oh gosh, I really signed up for a long
1: timeline, <laughs> yeah, this is this is definitely a a, a this is mm, you're going to get a degree in 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 wedding planning after this. That's why why did you give yourself such a long time to plan?
2: I Wanted the time to take my time. I didn't want to be stressed about it. And mm. financially, I thought it made sense. I didn't want to, you know, not be able to do anything fun for a year and have every single one of our spare dollars go towards the wedding. So, balance wise, mm-hmm. I wanted that
1: longer amount of time to save. How has it impacted your decision? One of the things I'm nervous about when booking clients the, uh, over a year in advance is you tend to change your mind a lot. Have you changed your mind a lot?
2: No, not yet. But of course, I'm still early in the process. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) But I would say I'm trying to really lean on things I know we love and not focus on the things that are popular right now. Uh, so, like, I know, mm. for instance, like, really colorful is like really popular right now. Everyone and I do, I love it too. I'm wearing a bright pink dress today. I love color, but in general, when I think about Frankie and I, and when I look at our apartment behind me, it's all neutrals all the time. So, like, things like that, I'm like, okay, that's a decision I feel like I'll be able to sit with and still be happy with uh,
1: later. Exactly. Then I think you're that makes a lot of sense for you guys it, and understanding it's for financial reasons. You want to take your time and get it right, and you want to make some really good decisions. How has it been making decisions when it comes to vendors and kind of communicating with those vendors, understanding timeline, but also just to, you want to take your time to make a decision so you don't really feel rushed. But do you ever feel rushed at some point? Tell me a little bit more about that experience. It's definitely been easy to get
2: frustrated planning a small wedding because most vendors are catered towards you know a much larger guest count. So I've run into a lot of roadblocks with minimums being really, really high. Um, And that's been frustrating. So it's been a lot of like, I got to reach out to 20 people to find two that work with what I'm looking for. That's something that's definitely been like a a mental struggle when Frankie gets home and I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) like I have been like sending emails (laughs) like a crazy person and nobody is in the realm of what I'm looking for. Um, But then when you do find that one, it's like (laughs) so satisfying. And I'm like, okay, I did it. Like I checked this thing off the list. I can move on to
1: the next. It's possible. (laughs) It is possible. And I mean, also, Austin, Texas, like everything's bigger in Texas. So maybe it is even the destination that's kind of playing towards your having some issues with guest count. I think if like in New York City, I think you planning a 30, 40 person wedding would not be a problem. So I think you got space and that's what your Texans are kind of looking to fill that space with a lot more bodies. But that's an interesting problem that you're running into. And I think other couples that are out there planning smaller weddings you know, it'd be interesting to see if they're also having that same kind of issue with, you know, you don't want to take someone Saturday um, from a traditional venue who's looking to get maybe 200 people in the door. And you're saying, hi, I'm coming with 40. What you got? And what's what have actually have been the responses you've received? Have they been like, oh, absolutely not. We're not even going to try. Or have they been open to saying, like, yes, we'll do it, but it's still going to be this price?
2: So I would say for me, what has worked is non-traditional venues. So like we're having a non-traditional wedding, so I think mm. reaching to out to you know places that are not within the regular wedding sphere have helped. Uh, so we're having our dinner at a restaurant, and it's a private room with a private Love. patio. Uh, so that there's no minimum uh, venue fee. We are just have to work um, with food and beverage. So that was huge because I didn't want to pay thousands of dollars for a venue for 30 people. I was like, this doesn't, this doesn't I don't feel good about this.
1: Um, so that's it doesn't shipping. make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I think that's a great idea. And we'll get into more of kind of those details. But whenever planning a small wedding or, or pro tip is definitely lean into restaurants or places that have everything you need, tables and chairs. You're definitely not going to be looking for a raw space if you want to save money, um, where you're going to have to bring in everything. You want to give. find a space that definitely has definitely a kitchen and someone to cook the food and a good bar. So that way your lift is a little bit lighter. What other challenges do you think you ran into, maybe specifically for Austin, that you weren't aware of before? Well,
2: uh, so when we started planning, my fiancé, he didn't want to have it in Milwaukee. And I do love Milwaukee. I think it's a great place. But he was adamant. He's like, I want to go somewhere. I'm like, okay, fine. And we landed on Austin for all the reasons I said before. It's a great city. But – I'm realizing it's very expensive, (laughs) Um, which, you know, I didn't Mm. fully understand before going down this path. Uh, So actually our ceremony and our dinner will be outside the city in Hill Country. And so that's been a nice area to, you know, get some more affordable pricing, but I would still like to have our hotel and the after party downtown. And that's where I'm really running into some high prices and getting a little bit of sticker Mm. shock.
1: Wow. And I mean, you know, tech money is going down there now. So I think that probably has a little bit to play with it. Um, The industry itself of Austin is changing, but ultimately you're going to have a lovely day. It's going to cost you a little bit more than you thought, but I think that's with any wedding. And like you're saying, you've given yourself enough lead time, which is absolutely spectacular. So kudos to you there. Let's talk a little bit more about this vibe and what you're looking to achieve. You've got everyone down in Texas. It's Halloween Eve. Then we're going to go have a Halloween party. Talk to me about the vibe of the wedding though, and what you guys are designing.
2: So like I said, we really love like neutral, minimal, modern. So the ceremony site is an open air chapel. So it's got a beautiful view. It's all very monochromatic. Then I'm not going to have bridesmaids. I know you love that. So (laughs) no, no bridal party. Uh, We'll save some money there. And, but I do want all of my friends, my girlfriends, to wear white. I just think it's nice, classic, kind of want very neutral. Love. Um, lots of textures. I want my dress to maybe have something. I won't give too much away, um, but a little something extra. Yay. And the dinner is gonna be candlelit. So that's where I really wanted to keep it really elegant and romantic. Uh, and also candlelit was a nice way to save on decor because I don't necessarily love the, you know, the paint in our room in the restaurant. Um, so I thought, okay, candlelit, we'll go inside <laughs> after the sun sets and then, you know, just focus on a beautiful tablescape. So that was my
1: creative yep. problem solving. I love that. And also think of, um, and just pro tip for other folks planning like restaurant weddings, sometimes you don't even have to look for a florist. Generally, your restaurant has like little bud vases or kind of simplified flowers and even candles in-house that you can kind of lean on as far as your decor. So just work with them and say, hey, who's your local florist that you use? And ask them maybe to just spruce up things just a hair. But with a traditional restaurant it's absolutely lovely to lean in with the classic aesthetic that they already have going. So, Caitlin, I think you're you're going to get time, you're going you've got energy, you're gonna I think you're on it. I'm I'm happy with all of your choices. But going back really quickly with you've given yourself a lot of time, people have been like, you know, we eh, we we'll, we'll, we need to talk to you later. What were some of the vendors that kind of gave you the most grief? when it came to trying to get them to sign on the dotted line hotels have been my
2: biggest hangup. And I get yeah. that they can't give me pricing yet. I totally understand. But sometimes I just, I want to go to them and be like, can you give me a ballpark? Because sometimes, you know, I don't want to be like having, like sitting on a hotel being like, oh my gosh, we love this hotel. We love its aesthetic. We love the location. And then, you know, it's going to be time to sign months down the road and it's way over budget. So that is where I've been struggling. They have, I've, what they have been able to do is give me the rates for this year. So and they'll tell me they're like, hey, Mm -hmm. this is just this is what it is this year, but it could go up. But this is just to get an idea. And to be honest, when they do do that, it's crossed a lot of them off the list. So (laughs) I'm happy that you know I'm
1: at least getting somewhere, and I can you know realize I got to keep looking. Agreed. And hotels are always our thing too. Like we're working with lots of weddings sometimes that are over a year in advance, and we have no way, but we're so eager to get save the dates out, and we want to get information to clients to book and and everything, but. You just can't. You got to hold. Hotels are definitely the one we see the most, for sure. Any other vendor that you've seen, like, I mean, sometimes venues, at at least in the New York or metropolitan cities, they book out early. So you're going to be able to get a date generally. Um, But did you have issues a lot with the venues outside of just the guest count? Did you have issues with the venue on the date conversation?
2: Yeah, so it's really funny because you know, listening to podcasts and you know, reading things about weddings, a lot of people do say you know, a lot of these venues are booking up really far out. Like you need to be on top of it. So I was, but I'm working with venues that uh, are specific to small weddings, and they're used to a small wedding having mm-hmm. like a much shorter lead time. So when I told them you know lead time, great yeah. I wanted, they're like, "You're crazy! Like have you booked <laughs> this yet?" <laughs> so that's definitely
1: been a struggle. Yeah, I can imagine. So, and just giving everyone some general overview from a planning perspective, it really, we can do a wedding, at least if you're, I think I'm a fairly good planner. I could do a wedding in six months if you gave me that time. A year, fabulous. Anything over the year, is, it's a lot. We don't need that much time to do anything. And for smaller weddings, I definitely can do that in with a six-month lead time. Um, and the reason we say that is communication. You don't, there's less things, there's less, pieces to put together. And there's less communication that you have or less people you have to communicate things to. Um, With your family, when are you, have you already sent out save the dates? Have they already gone out? Are they, are you waiting to send them out?
2: I have not. I was going to do it at the year mark. uh, But I mean, our guest list is small. So like the day we booked the venue, we texted everyone and said, here you go. Like it's happening. Put it on our calendar. So (laughs) the day date will just be, it's it's happening.
1: happening. Yeah. They know they know where that's happening. And talk to me a little bit more about kind of this dress situation. So you guys have, you you kind of went into some dress shopping. You've given yourself more than enough time to find a great dress, try on some things, share it with friends and family. Take me from the top of your wedding dress experience. So I went into dress shopping knowing that it
2: would be not the easiest thing for me, just because I'm very picky, to be honest. Uh, and I love formal wear. I actually worked at a bridal salon in college. So, I, But I thought that would be a plus in the sense that, you know, I know how this works. I know the designers. I know the prices. I know how the sizing works. So, it you know, I think that alleviates a lot of the stress. The part that I, if I could go back, that I would have done differently is I would not... Mm include others in the dress shopping to be honest and I thought personally I could handle it just I like I'm a very stubborn person my family knows that like I'm gonna get what I want to get but all the opinions still get to you no matter what so I, I did go dress shopping with my family and to be honest it was a great day like they were amazing they like were so supportive we had so much fun. But they still definitely like, they can't help themselves, right? Like they were like, this is the dress. We love it. They're all screaming at me to say yes. And I looked at all of them and I said, no, this is the first salon. I have so much time. I do not need to say yes today. You guys are crazy. Uh, and I, luckily I'm strong enough and I am stubborn. So I walked away without, you know, putting money down. And once I slept on it, I realized that's not the dress. Uh, so it's just a lot harder than you think. Uh, like dealing with all mm. the opinions. So if I could go back and what I'm going to do now, because I haven't said yes yet, uh, is I'm going to go by myself, less pressure. And it's also less pressure from like the consultant end too. Like they kind of know when you're by yourself, you're probably not going to purchase. Uh, so I think it's a really mm. great way to like, how do you feel in the dress? Like what is what is mm. just focus on you and what you want? And it's really hard to because I think there are so many beautiful dresses out there and it's not just about finding a beautiful dress or a beautiful dress on you. It's like it has to be the dress for your wedding. Um, So all of those elements, you really can't like let other opinions seep in with that because you're just going to be confused and Mm. not even know what you like anymore because you're just thinking about all the comments. So I would like to keep it a secret and then have it be a surprise on my wedding day for everyone.
1: Oh, lovely. I love that. And I think that's kudos to you for standing in your truth and knowing like Oh, this, y'all like this dress. This isn't my dress. This is your dress that you want for me. So I'm, I'm very happy for you. And you haven't said yes to a dress yet. You still got some time. But yes, I would say go shopping, have all your fun, and drink all the champagne by yourself too while you're there. <laughs> so I would love to help you a little bit more about your small wedding dilemma. As you're moving forward in planning, we have a fabulous expert that's going to come on and kind of talk you through of like these lead times and the folks that are kind of telling you no and give you a little bit more advice on just kind of how to cool your coffee a bit and what to expect from the smaller wedding perspective. Sound good? Yes, that sounds great. Lovely. And now it's time to ask our expert, Each episode, we'll be inviting wedding experts and insiders onto the podcast to dig deeper into our bride's biggest problem areas. Gretchen Culver is the owner of Mini Wedding. Mini Wedding creates fun-sized celebrations that take a fraction of the time and investment of a traditional wedding. Gretchen, thank you so much. We're so excited to have you on. Gretchen, how are you?
3: I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. Caitlin's here. (laughs) Caitlin. Caitlin is planning a mini-esque wedding. Yes. Okay. Um, Caitlin, so how is the wedding planning going?
2: It's going well. I mean, I would say <laughs> I, I'm i a little bit of a crazy person and I don't mind sending 10, 20 emails a day. So for that reason, it's going well. Uh, if someone doesn't like email, it would not be going well. Uh, so, so far, surviving.
3: Okay. Tell me why you wanted to go with uh, a micro wedding.
2: Yeah, so I think we knew we didn't want traditional, uh, so I knew I didn't want a big wedding. We thought about eloping, kind of decided against it based on the fact that I do want to be surrounded by the people I'm really close to. So those people who, you know, we want to make a memory with them that, you know, hopefully last a lifetime.
3: Yes, 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 yes. Uh, And so what are the challenges that you're running into when trying to plan your small wedding?
2: It's been really hard because the wedding industry is not catered towards small weddings. So nothing really, you know, fits what I'm looking for. So therefore I'm kind of having to reach out to a gamut of places and people before I find one or two that fit my needs. Uh, So that has definitely been a struggle.
3: Yeah, I would say even though the pandemic has really, opened the door for multiple styles of weddings and for couples to be able to have different kinds of wedding experiences, it is still very hard to craft a micro wedding from scratch. And so I am not surprised that you are running into um, some issues there just because especially even though small weddings are, are nice, you know, and that's what we had to do during the pandemic now people are kind of going back to their old, old ways. And, you know, they're staying busy with the more traditional style weddings. And that can also mean more profitable weddings. So the the thing that they might've been focusing on during the pandemic, the small wedding, the micro wedding elopement, now they're kind of like, well, that was good for then. But now I kind of want to go back to things as usual. So, um, you know, I, I see even too, like, the the content on social media has been changing from people that I met during COVID because they were doing small gatherings and now they're like yep busy back to it like sorry small wedding um, so that I think would be also frustrating as a, as a bride to be looking on social media and be like oh these people do small weddings and then not and then they're like no just kidding we're not kind of doing that anymore <laughs> um, small weddings I think are a great way to um, utilize non-traditional spaces. Have you found any sort of venue that you are excited about?
2: Yeah. So we have our ceremony venue booked and it is a small chapel. So it really only holds 30 people. So it's definitely catered to our guest count. Uh, And it actually used to be free which is amazing. It's not free anymore. But in terms of wedding pricing, it's still basically free. It's like 400 and something dollars, which is free in terms of like, you know, what we're paying for. That's free. (laughs) We do have our uh, dinner venue booked. So it is a uh, Italian restaurant. So we're going to be in their private sections. We have a private patio and then a private room.
3: Nice. Yeah, that is one of the beauties of small weddings is being able to utilize a lot of those non-traditional venues like restaurants, museums, free chapels that apparently do weddings um, out of the goodness of their heart.
1: (laughs) Are there general spaces small wedding, you know, couples should be looking to kind of gear themselves towards like, should they stay away from ballrooms or traditional hotels? Or maybe there are some cute boutique hotels that I know that have smaller gardens that maybe are perfect for a 30 person. What's the direction when looking for a venue they should be searching for?
3: I think one of the biggest things to look for is just a space that like fits your personality and to think about any space as a possible venue. So, you know, a coffee shop, a museum, a boutique hotel, you know, a restaurant. And a lot of times people haven't even, I mean, we have this really cool venue in Minneapolis that like didn't even understand that they could do small events until we're like, Hey, would you ever consider? And they're like, Oh my gosh. Yes. You know? So I think if there's something like a place that maybe is meaningful to you as a couple, if you went there on your first date or something like that, like reach out to them and just say, Hey, we're looking to do a a micro wedding. Like this is what we'd be kind of the general boundaries and parameters is something that you'd be interested in exploring depending on the venue And the date that you're looking at a restaurant is probably not interested in closing down or, you know, changing up their standard procedures for a Friday or Saturday. But maybe they're not even open on Sunday and you can do a cool small Sunday brunch wedding or a Thursday night, you know, situation. So I think, you know, museums oftentimes are not open on Mondays. And so that's a really great opportunity if you want to do something small on a different day of the week, too. Um, or breweries. A lot of times they won't close down on a Friday, Saturday, but if you look at Sunday, you know, they would, they would shut down for you. So I think just thinking outside of the traditional like wedding box or thinking about how to utilize the space. If you really love a hotel ballroom, that's great. And, or a smaller meeting room at a hotel, but maybe you're only utilizing that for part of your small celebration. Maybe that's ceremony only and you do some light bites and some cocktails there, but then you move to a restaurant for the dinner portion. So you're not taking up um, a full day. You're doing something very small and contained. And if you add in a little bit of food and beverage, I've found a lot of these hotels um, across the country are willing to do something kind of short and sweet like that Mm -hmm. um, and adjust their minimums and fees accordingly. So that would be a recommendation too is, Um, But I think part of it is having the language when you go to talk to the venues Mm. because they also might not understand what you're asking for. Um, And also to make sure that you're not um, looks like one of those spam emails that's like, I'm planning 20th anniversary party. Yes. Uh, I (laughs) need to secure a venue. So, you know, (laughs) making sure you look like a legit person.
1: (laughs) The reason I get that I I can understand you so well, because I get those so many times and I'm like, who is this human who's planning this party? That's like next week. Yes, and it's, I was like, this is such a scammy scam email. Stop. Shout out to all the wedding vendors who understand what we're talking about right now. But Caitlin, Caitlin is not spam. Caitlin is sending lots of emails to lots of people saying, I'm coming to Austin, Texas with my 30 friends and this is about to be a shindig. Please help me. What's the language she might need to be tweaking or editing to make sure that her resume gets to the top of the box. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. It doesn't get ca- counted as spam. Well, I will say you are planning quite a bit in advance. Uh, so I do feel you are probably going to be boomeranged back into the inbox because vendors just are not thinking that far ahead. They might not even have the capacity to think that far ahead with how busy that we, ha- we have been. Not not I'm not excusing not getting back to people on email, anyone who's listening. I think you should respond to every lead that you get. but um, I can also see from their side that they're they're hearing about a 30 person wedding that's happening uh, a year and a half from now. I, it's going to the bottom of the list, you know so I think to get their attention, I would maybe add in something with a sense of urgency about how you are wanting to secure this vendor now. Uh, and you're really ready to make a decision. What I've been seeing in Fallon, I don't know if you've been seeing this too, but like a lot of people are, um, taking their sweet time in Mm. the, the purchasing process, you know, so they'll interview people, they'll wait a few days to respond to things. And, and, and the booking cycle has slowed. I do think a vendor would appreciate an email that has a sense of urgency. I am looking to hire my florist for my November 1st wedding. By the end of April, are you someone who can help me? Um, And then I also feel like uh, some vendors think small means you aren't going to spend money. (laughs) And, you know, if you are a rental company or if you're a florist, you know, you might be dismissive thinking, oh, you know, she's not going to be worth my time because she's not going to hit my minimum or what have you. So, you know, I don't know how you say, I'm willing to spend money without just writing that in the email. (laughs) But I think there's a way to communicate that like, you're not trying to, or you're not asking for discounts, you're just Mm -hmm. planning a wedding on a smaller scale. And you are serious about, you know, making decisions and working with quality people and and investing in the areas that you want to invest in, you know, that yeah, that would be that would be my good start. But I, I also just feel like just don't be surprised if people don't. I mean, I'm sorry, but like I just it's like almost two years. So I just (laughs) feel like
1: I think this is good, though. And it's like I'm a positive affirmation person. Like you got to tell me I'm pretty and like buy me things. That's my love language, gift giving, (laughs) words of affirmation, all of that. So even if someone wrote to me and said, I absolutely love your work, like I have to work with you. And I use a little humor and say, girl, I know. That this is way down the line, but I would at least really love to lock you in. I'm trying to make a decision now. Do you have a minimum also? I think when people are asking if I have a minimum for my services or types of services, that means they're, they want to get a better understanding of like, this is, you know, they want to know how much money I'm going to need to have a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's showing them that you're invested in making it a deal. So what other, Caitlin, did you have any, rough conversations or where, cause I know you're still kind of piecing things together, but you got a venue, which I think is leaps and bounds. Like what else you, you missing at this point?
2: Well, it's funny you bring up the, you know, how serious am I, you know, comment, because when we were, uh, going through our photographer's website, they actually had a section for that. So they had three buckets that said like, I'm just browsing, I just want to have a conversation and like, I'm ready to book. So we did that. We clicked on the, I'm ready to book. And then we also emailed her and said, Hey, my fiance's a photographer. We are having a really hard time because, you know, he's got a really high standard and but sh- I showed him your work and he loved you. And please, please, please be my photographer because you know <laughs> we love your portfolio. So, so that worked really well. And she like called us right away, yes. set a contract. So I totally your advice is spot
3: on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good. <laughs> um yes, loves and, know we're loved. <laughs> well, I, I mean just A lot of inquiries come in that don't have, well, either they're spam um, or, you know, they don't have, it feels very much like window shopping. And we want to, as vendors, make sure that we are not spinning our wheels either, right? Because we want to be providing the best service to all of our clients. And so, you know, if we spent the time answering every single, you know, I mean, so my point being serious inquiry, going to go to the top and that's great. I'm happy it worked with your photographer. I hope it works for your other vendors too.
1: Gretch, another question. If we're thinking of a timeline and, and I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, like I'm usually, I can book, I can do a wedding in six months. Like I really, like it's easy peasy for a smaller wedding. What should their timing be the same as a traditionally large wedding to send out, say the dates and correspondence and booking vendors? Talk to me about lead times and understanding that responses are slightly different. When should they be actually looking to get anxious before they <laughs> you know, to, to say like, like, oh my God. But t- talk to me about what that timeline looks like for a small wedding.
3: Yeah, I think um, there's two parts of it. One is like your communication with your guests and letting them know what's happening and, and where it's happening. And is is Austin going to be a, a destination for you and your guests? Yep. Okay, great. So then I would give them as much lead time as possible, Um, you know, even within a very not informal, but like you could even do like an electronic save the date, Um, especially if you're talking about traveling, you know, getting those hotel room blocks set up, um, you know, making some of that travel information easy and accessible to your guests do that now. I'm a person that like, as soon as I get a save the date and it's got like the wedding website and the, you know, hotels on there, I'm like making that stuff happen. Cause I want I don't want to miss the cutoff date. And I want to just like, you know, make sure I can like get the best deal on airfare. So, um, uh, typically for a traditional wedding, and I'm using that in quotes that you could not see on a podcast. Um, <laughs> I would say, you know, you're sending your save the date, you know, nine to 12 months prior. So, you know, for you, the same timing could apply if you wanted to bump it even back farther, you know, 15, 16 months. um, You could definitely do that. I'm assuming that a lot of these people are close family and friends that probably already know this information and may not actually need a formal save the date. But like I said, if you've got that hotel room block, that would be a good way to communicate that to them. Um, It could also be a real fun way to tie in. uh, If you send a holiday mailing, you know, that could be a, a way to you know, a save the date holiday card is is sometimes kind of fun because you have the enough time to do that. Um, But I would stay for guest communication, stick with the same as you would a traditional wedding. So save the date nine to 12 months a little bit later or earlier if you wanted. Um, And then, you know, your invitations. I'm sending invitations out eight to 10 weeks prior because the United States Postal Service is just
1: hot mess.
3: Hot mess express. So I would do that. Um, and then I would also require the RSVP a little bit earlier instead of like four to five weeks, maybe that six week mark, just again, to make sure you're allowing for time for those snail mail pieces to get to your guests and to get back. Of course, you can do an electronic RSVP and that does help a little bit there. As far as booking your vendors go, I think you might... This might be controversial, Fallon. Um, Mm -hmm. You might get better pricing if you wait. Um, Agree. (laughs) Because right now, the world is my oyster. You're telling me November 1st, 2024, like one of the Obama kids could get engaged and like I got to keep my calendar open. If Sasha and Malia
1: call me honey, I will will give you your deposit back. But anyway.
3: (laughs) 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 But I would say that that is something where like if you're if you're willing to wait and you might not be a type of person who can wait like you might just physically for your mental health not wait this long but if you waited to that four to six month mark i think you might have a lot more vendors willing to um entertain your wedding not as not so much give you a discount but just be like oh this is, a, it's a shorter time frame for booking. I'm probably not going to be getting the Obama wedding. Uh, you know, they've, they've picked a different planner, what have you. Um, but that said, I would secure your most important big ticket vendors as soon as you can. So it sounds like you've already got photography, which is always one of my top priorities for my clients. Um, and same with video. Um, if you're looking to get a videographer, I would say start that process now, but everything else I would wait. If If your soul can take it, if not, wait (laughs) as long as you possibly can. And then, and then dive back in.
2: (laughs) The thing I struggle with waiting is I want to know my budget. So I want to know what I'm spending Mm. and what I need to be saving now and I think it's easier to save when I have like, you know, a hard number in front of me and I'm staring at it. And I'm like, okay, I, I got to pay for this wedding. Uh, so that's where from a, like a bride's
3: perspective, I, I struggle a little bit. Oh, that is a great, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a great viewpoint. Okay. <laughs> so here's what I would say on the budget piece. So there are lots of people out there. There's also um, a company called ask planning where you can get in contact with an experienced event planner that would seem to me a great use of a a small chunk of your budget to sit down with a planner and have them like map out for you. Like what are your priorities? What are you looking to spend and give you like real numbers? Right. Um, Small weddings can be deceiving in that. Oh, Mm. it's not, it's 20, 30, 40 people. It's not that many people, but there are things like photography, which is a fixed cost. Like they don't, care how many people are there that doesn't matter that's still an hourly service and you know maybe they don't need as many hours on the day but it's still a day that you know they're going to be shooting for you and they can't shoot another wedding so uh, an experienced planner is going to be able to sit down and tell you okay here's what you should be looking to spend you know based on your priorities based on the things that you've already got booked also i have to tell you floral has gone bananas like it has just like the cost yeah. of things is like mind blowing where I'm having difficult conversations with my clients now because costs have just changed. So like there's no way to guarantee even now like what you'd be spending. So like I would just take your floral budget and whatever you had in mind, like quadruple it. <laughs> <and> just like <laughs> I was call- definitely gonna say at thirty percent easy. <laughs> Um, so I think that could be step one would be talking to you to planner to put together um, a budget.
2: Well, to that point, so I am not doing florals other than my bouquet. And I found a florist who does an a la carte service. So I'm able to pay for just my bouquet. Mm-hmm. Go pick that up. And then I'm doing Perfect. a decorating company who will do all of my tablescapes.
3: Oh. What do you need us for, lady? Word. I was Sounds like, like, you got, you got, got it down. <laughs> you got the sauce. <laughs> and it's at a restaurant
1: so it's the food and beverage already in house she doesn't have to think about anything it's it, it, you're 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 good to go what other outstanding vendors do you have at this point
2: I need the hotel and I will say when gotcha. I went into this I really wanted as many events as possible at the hotel because from a guest perspective, I think it's fantastic. Like, oh, I'm going to have the welcome party there the night before and then I can go up to my bedroom and then I can, you know, go down, the shuttle picks me up, and then after party at the hotel, if I want to go change and put on Mm -hmm. sneakers, I can. And I loved that idea. Uh, But now that I'm reaching out, uh, hotels are pretty expensive, like way more expensive than I was anticipating. Um, So that's been a struggle.
3: Mm, Yes. Hotels are a... uh, I'm trying to use a word that's not a swear word. Um, They're a disaster right now. Mm. Post-pandemic, even five-star, five-diamond properties are run by monkeys, apparently. So, like, it's (laughs) very challenging right now to work with hotels, Um, especially if you are looking at a small wedding because they're not looking at a lot of room revenue right there, right? So... I would enlist um, a company that specializes in room blocks because they are serious. Like they are there are companies that will help couples get room blocks for their weddings. And they also are travel agencies, that sort of thing. So they typically I have found that they are more successful in getting answers um, from hotels with the better rates. mortals than us planners um and it's typically because they already have a relationship with the hotel or the the hotel the brand that the hotel is under um austin has a lot of really great cute boutique hotels that aren't under like a big umbrella but um even they can help with those too and they can negotiate the best rates it's just like it's kind of like when a planner makes a call versus a regular ride like a planner calling a vendor, the vendor is going to give it more seriousness than, you know, just a bride because it's easier. Um, and they know they're a professional. So if the, and there's a couple of them out there, um, that do a really great job. So I would just, you know, maybe Google like, you know, wedding room block and see what comes up.
1: So I use travel siblings. I also use Kleinfeld, I think, has its own room block company. It does. Wetaways is another yep. one.
3: And um, JC Roomblocks is one that I use too. So there's four right, right off the bat for you. So, And then also knowing if you're going to do those discussions yourself, though, knowing how many people are staying, how many nights you're going to need, any sort of additional events you would maybe want to do on property are also very helpful. Just so you, when you send that email, you'd be like, I need. Ten rooms for three nights over these dates. You know, I'm looking for a price range of X to X, and but yeah, just good luck. I just Godspeed with hotels yeah. right now,
1: especially in kind of these like we're doing weddings in in places that are just off the beaten path. So if you're if you're experiencing that same scenario, just again give it grace. At some point, we're just listing hotels on websites because we're just sometimes with a count of this small. Sometimes there's just not even. Doing a block for us, they're like, you know what, we don't do blocks anymore. That was definitely a 2019 thing. Good luck and Godspeed. And you're just telling people as far in advance, this is the hotel where we're staying at. Book your room. This is the one. This is it. If you can't get it here, here's the one right next door. We hope to see you there. The transportation though, we'll pick up from the one that's highlighted. This is the one. And then also we throw in some Airbnb options if people really can't afford the whole thing. And maybe one, you have a large family that wants to stay together and, and needs to cook their own food, that kind of thing. So at some point, just take it off your plate. If it's giving you that much grief, just say, this is the hotel. This is the one. Book your room. We wish you luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is,
2: exactly. I love the fact that I could outsource that. I am so sick of talking to hotels. So
1: wonderful. I am ready to be done yep. with that. <laughs> We're ready for you to be done with it, because we are also over it, too. So we, we, yeah, we appreciate you for doing this by yourself. <laughs> so, Caitlin, any other hot questions or thoughts that like you really want to to express here and and even those that are listening that you think might give them some some validation and and lovely,
2: yeah. So one thing I am kind of struggling with is what kind of decline rate to expect? I don't think, you know, when you Google it and you get a number back, it feels right just knowing that everyone I'm inviting is extremely close to me. But then I also like, should I expect 100% of people to come? Like, I don't, I'm not entirely sure where to land with that.
3: What we've been seeing with our smaller weddings is a much higher yes rate than you would with a traditional large wedding because you just start, like you said, they're, your loved ones or close people, like they, you know, you're inviting them because it's a very strong connection and relationship that you have. So I would say expect an attrition rate of 10% max, you know? So if you're looking at a 30 person list that that would be three would say no. Uh, I would say if I'm thinking back on the weddings of the past three years, that is going to be a good, number so 40 that would be four people saying no yeah it's usually something last minute that comes up too you know it's not like especially this far out if they're knowing this far in advance like they're gonna know if they can make it or not like what else do they have planned you know
1: unless they actually get invited to the Obama wedding and then right and then you're then Caitlin I I would just suggest
3: (laughs) just giving up you know um (laughs) but yes so if you anticipated 100 people Great, you're not gonna get it, but you're probably gonna get pretty dang close. Okay, that's good to know. So I I'm just to
1: prepare ignore, for too.
3: Yeah, ignore my B list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like it used to be like 20, 25%, or that was kind of the normal attrition rate for you know larger weddings, but the smaller the guest count, the higher the yes count. That's a good note. Yeah,
2: that's, yeah, that's really helpful. I love that. The other thing I was thinking about was the dinner. So it's going to be one big, long table. And I still want assigned seating. Cause you know, even with a small number of people, I still have some tricky family dynamics to work around. Uh, so I want it to be assigned, but do I need a, what are they even called? The boards with, you know, like, where am I sitting? Like, can they just find their seat? The seating small.
3: Chart. Yeah. Yes, they can. They can. Okay, yes, they can, they can mm-hmm. absolutely find their own seat. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't need Amazing. a table number. <laughs> yep. No. Just put that place card down and let them figure it out. I mean, it's basically like a big, it's like a big holiday get together with a family. You know, it's like, that's what my mom does for Christmas is that we have 40 seats around the various tables and you just go to whatever table she points you to and find your seat.
1: Or they people, you fine. make it a game. People call out like, hey, Fallon, you're over here. And they're <laughs> like, word, thank you. Thank you. And I
3: go over there. so <laughs> But I do love that you're thinking about doing assigned seating. I think that is so nice and thoughtful for your guests. And it takes the awkwardness out of s- sitting down, especially at a long table where it can kind of be like a kind mm-hmm. of jockeying mm-hmm. game, a positioning game. Who's going to sit where? And yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is a really thoughtful touch. I agree. Even for
1: large weddings, I love being sat in a place. Yes. It, made, yes. it makes you think that someone thought of me enough. To put me in the right spot and i think you're doing a great job caitlin well done
3: and caitlin another little fun thing since you have a lot of time is <laughs> uh small weddings are so great because you have the ability to hyper personalize everything right so maybe your place card is a picture of you with that guest right so instead of just saying gretchen there you know maybe it's a picture of you and me together
0: Maybe the Mm. names on
3: there small, like if they can't figure it out, Um, you know, another real fun thing um, that we've done with some of our smaller weddings is doing like on the back of the menu, a little bit of an icebreaker or um, you know, Gretchen knows Caitlin through college, like um, share a funny story of them or something like that, where you can really start facilitating those conversations with um, the table. Just it. And it's just a fun way to like, get to know people. And also like you can thank people for, you know, coming. Like you could literally write somebody a thank you note as their place card. And it's got your name on the mm-hmm. envelope. And it's like, we so appreciate you being here. You mean so much to us in our lives. So those little things like mean so much. And it's impossible to do that. It's not impossible, but it's impractical to do that for a 200 person wedding. But for 30 people, you know, especially since you've got the time, like think about some of those little things that are going to be so meaningful to um, these important people in your life. No, I think that's awesome. I was going to write letters to everyone with this in the morning
2: for them to read. I thought that would be a nice touch, but I love like the picture aspect. And also the icebreaker is really great because um, Frankie and I have been together 10 years, but our families have never really met because they don't live in the same place. So this is, I know. Yeah, it's crazy, right? So this is like two families truly coming together and I'm going to get emotional about it. Um, and I, I love the, giving them something to, you know, start off the conversation.
3: Yes. Oh, even better. Yes, totally. Oh, oh my god, I'm so excited for your wedding. I know it's going to be so great. Oh yes, it's going to
1: be so good.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah,
1: no, speaking we did a wedding in Spain and the couple was really big on records and they hand curated a song on a record. So each guest sat down and got their own song. And the song was tied to who the person was. And I thought that was the most amazing place card I'd ever seen
3: oh, to take yeah. the
1: time to think about the song that you correlate with that person. Of course, I'm not that musically inclined, but Caitlin, think about your thing that you re- You can get so saucy. Gretchen, great call there. Oh, I'm so <laughs> excited. Caitlin, I can't wait to see what you pull off. And I love handwritten notes regardless. Like morning, like that shows
3: you care. That's a great, great way to personalize that doesn't cost a lot of money.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um and you can also do um uh I'm assuming that people are going to be coming for more than just a, a day since everyone's traveling to this destination, always think about like um for all weddings but especially for small weddings, that first moment and that last moment, you know, so like what are they getting in the hotel when they arrive? Everyone's staying in the hotel, so like can you make them a hyper personalized welcome bag, you know, with like maybe their favorite um, beer or their favorite salty snack or something like that. So everybody's bag is different. Now, this is like, again, impractical for 200 people. But if you've got <laughs> like 10 rooms, like you could make like hyper curated welcome bags for people, you know, and then, you know, what are you doing when, Guests are leaving, you know, uh, breakfast in bed or something, send it to them with a note or something like that. So they really feel like taking care of from start to finish, which is, I think, what most people are looking to do when they're hosting a small wedding.
1: Yeah. Or even working with your photographer and seeing if they can somehow get an image with you of every like of every person somehow. And maybe you're just texting it to them like it was so fun to (gasps) celebrate with you. Um, just as a, just another nod, I love also custom cocktails that have your name on the label. Like, Hey Fallon, we know you love French 75s. Here's a bottled French 75. When you walk in with a note, can't wait to celebrate with you further, that kind of thing. So if you know everyone's drink of choice, and maybe that even means asking more questions on your wedding website, um, like, Hey, what's your favorite drink? What's your favorite song? So you're, you're basically baiting them for all the Intel that's going to help you curate a truly personalized experience.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm so happy. I have oh, things to do Kaylin, with my. You
3: you no. got it now. <laughs> I'm gonna ask. Yes. Two- you're gonna move it to 2025. <laughs> you're gonna be like, oh, I do not have time to do all this in the next two years. I gotta add one more year, Frankie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we need to.
1: Frankie's um. about to walk into whatever the hell he's gonna come home tonight. Caitlin's gonna be like. Frankie, baby, I got a list. We got some work to do. I'm going to fill our time. So
2: <laughs> oh, I love putting him to work. Yeah, no, he's got, he's got a list. He's got invitations. He's got wedding website. He is he is not one of these grooms that's going to show up the day of. He is involved. <laughs>
1: you get him, Perfect. sister. <laughs> Gretchen, are there any last words you'd love to give
3: to folks that are planning small weddings?
1: This is your time.
3: Show. OK, well, this. OK, so uh, not in Austin, but there are in places across the country um, if all of this, if you're listening and you want a small wedding and this sounds like a complete nightmare to you, like way too much work, um, there are companies, um, this is my plug for my company, but obviously that's only if you're in, in Minneapolis, that actually does all of this for you. So like we have packages that are put together that people go online and like click and reserve. And I know that they are in places like Seattle and Birmingham. There's companies doing them across the country. So it's more than an elopement, but it's less Work than kind of putting your own micro wedding together. So if that's something that you're interested in, you know, search up or Google like you know micro wedding packages or mini wedding packages or all inclusive packages, um, and you might see something in your area pop up. Um, I don't know if anyone's doing something like that in New York, but um, that is that is another way during COVID. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of again going back to like people like getting rid of them after, um, COVID was done, quote unquote, but, um, there are still companies doing that. And, you know, there was a lot of optimization for small weddings on people's like websites. So I think you can still find people who are doing small weddings or had smaller wedding packages in the past where they can kind of pull that out for you. So I, you know, small weddings are still great and you can make them as, you know, over the top crazy or as simple and small as you want. Um, But that would be my advice to people. Don't feel overwhelmed. If you want a small wedding, there are other ways to, you know, go about kind of putting it together as well. And there are a lot of planners like me and um, Fallon and across the country who love small weddings um, and, you know, can definitely help you pull together a small wedding. And, you know, sometimes it's not cost effective to have a, you know, wedding planner and designer for a small wedding, but sometimes it is. So, you know, you can never start. It never hurts to start the journey with a planner.
2: Yeah, and if you don't like sending 20 (laughs) emails,
1: please, please get a planner. (laughs) That part. (laughs) Correct. 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 (laughs) Caitlin, we appreciate your service. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Betcha's Brides. Caitlin, where can people follow along? Because I'm ready to see your curated gifts. But where can people follow you? Uh, Caitlin
2: Marie Darling at TikTok and Instagram.
3: Love. And darling
1: Gretchen. Where can
3: folks follow you? <laughs> they can follow me at Mpls or rocketscience.events on Instagram.
1: All right, follow the show at Brides on Instagram. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Monday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Thank you so much for listening, and till death do us part. Batches.